quiz. Fantastic. So fantastic. 50 Randy Quiz. Just to lay her unconscious in the alley. 50 Randy Quiz. He just loves baseball, right? We watch movies so Welcome to 50 Randy Quades. I am your host with the most Nicolas Cage movies. The most humble man you'll ever hear, Chuck Banner. And with me, my co-host, as always, JT, ooh la la, money. And you know what that means. We watched Back to the Future Part 2 as our episode 119. Uh, we decided to skip the uh, Christmas episode for 2020 to end it because uh, some just real life stuff happened. Uh, we missed a couple of... Our opportunities and uh, hey man, some things happened. You know what? Someone had to move. Someone had to get some mouth surgery. Here's the thing: in 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 the world in the society we currently live in, you could have just summed that up with, "Hey man, it was fucking 2020," and no one would ask a question. But I I'm sure our listeners appreciate your candor and your openness because we love them. Yeah, lol. Lots of love. Give it, get it, got it. Good. 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 <laughs> All right. So what episode is this? I forgot already. Uh, this is 119, and it is Back to the Future Part 2. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can go right ahead to 50randyquiz.com and let us know what the fuck is up. I wish There's you... a little comment se- section. I wish you would. You just go to just it. Just go right on ahead and go to it. Click it, write in it, talk to us about it, and we'll, I guarantee you, we'll respond. What else are we doing? Yeah, yeah. We'll respond or we'll get Jay Biggs to respond. You, that's not an option. Somehow we'll get him. We have to get him on the hotline. That's the only way we've ever been able to get him. I mean, pretty much, right? But instead, we're going to introduce you to the most classic trailer for. Back to the Future, part two. Do you remember the future? You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Anything. 
I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I can't lose. I invented the time machine to travel through time. Hey, Doc, I'm all for that. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? Now, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating an alternate 1985. There have been a few changes. It's like we're in hell or something. No, it's Hill Valley, although I can't imagine hell being much worse. But they'll all be back. Eat lead slackers! Biff? Hello? Hello, anybody home? Why they can't be you? You're so big. Michael J. Fox. Christopher Lloyd. Michael J. Fox. More like a couple of teenagers, you know? And Michael J. Fox. Mom, is that you? Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film, Back to the Future, Part 2. And we are back. This is the first 50 Randy Quaid's of 2021. Hold on, I gotta stop you right here before we even kick off this portion of the show in 2021. You have gone out of your way to say we are back in the saddle before, but right here when you're presented with and we are back to the future, you fucking pass on it? Yeah. I'm ashamed. I can't sully back to the future with bad jokes. Oh, so then we should just stop recording this episode right now. <laughs> so yeah this is uh 2021 first episode and we're gonna make it a good year hopefully a bunch of good movies and some uh funny nicholas cage movies along the way that, that's where we aim to bring you when it comes to the staff picks nothing but 50s in our in our minds after uh a year like 2020 we're still recording via quarantine which to be honest, we'll probably continue to record like this because it is just far easier than traveling to one another's houses. Yeah, I don't want to leave my house if I don't have to, even if there isn't a pandemic going on. I just don't want to drive that far. I get it, man. Trust me. I don't want to sit on a train that long. I just want to let you know that if you are somehow new to 50 Randy Quaid's on episode 119, you picked a fucking grand totally awesome movie to listen to us on uh, back to the future part two but we just want to let you know that we're gonna talk everything about this movie or at least we mean to and but we are gracious and humble guests uh nope. hosts no we are not guests we are hosts <laughs> and we are humble as fuck it's, again speak for yourself i am humble as fuck i don't know about greedy over here don't worry about me. That's what I'll always say. But uh, we, we're going to give you a warning. So, you know, in case you haven't seen Back to the Future Part 2 and you want to see it before you listen to us talk about it in every possible way to where you even wouldn't need to see it because, you know, we watch movies so you don't have to. And stop right there, too, because if you haven't watched Back to the Future Part 1 and you haven't watched Back to the Future Part 2, make sure you do that because if you don't, there's going to be a lot of things going on that you're like, huh? And you won't really yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah, you won't yeah, really yeah, get yeah. a lot of things. A lot of things. So watch that first and then come to two and then come back and listen to us. And I mean, like, quite honestly, if you haven't watched either of those movies, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, you got to check it. yourself before you wreck yourself, right? The point is this. We're about to spoil the shit out of this thing. And we're going to count it down from three to one. 
And this time around, since it's his pick, Chuck's going to give us the spoils. All right. And I'm going to start that countdown right now. So prepare yourself for the spoilers. For the spoilers, dear listeners. Three, two, one. So Marty goes back home to start the movie. And then he goes and does a bunch of stuff with Doc, which essentially does not matter in the end because he has solved all of it except for now doc is in the wild wild west and he's got to get him before he has fight with will smith yeah yeah that's pretty much it because this movie ends with to be concluded and a preview for back to the future part three yes it definitely does coming summer 1990 yeah yeah i remember that I don't, because I never saw these in theaters. I didn't see them until home video. Yeah, I probably didn't see them in theaters either, considering what the first one came out in, like, uh, 85, and then the this one came out in 89. It, it pre- precisely came out November 22nd, 1989. I can say this for a fact. I know that I was at least going to the theaters in 1990, because that's when Ninja Turtles came out, and I know that was the first movie that I remember going to see. But I don't think I would have been going to see Back to the Future 3 in 1990 if I hadn't seen the other two. What was the first movie you went to the movie theater and saw that you were disappointed when you left? Like, it was the first movie you didn't like seeing in theaters. It's an interesting question that I don't think I have an answer to right now. Mine is Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Okay. I like that movie. I liked it more after I've seen it multiple times, but seeing it for the first time as a kid, did not like it. I can tell you, I know it wasn't the first movie that I paid for that I remember having like an extreme... I don't know if I paid for no, it because I was a kid, no, right? No, but I'm just saying that was the first movie I remember going to seeing and being like, didn't care for this. I'm talking about a different kind of experience though, because I don't, I, I honestly can't remember. If I went and saw it in theaters and didn't like it, I probably, my brain has just forgotten that I went and I saw it, right? What's the point of remembering it? If I sat here long enough, I'd probably come up with something, but what's the point? I'm going to dwell on an opposite feeling though. The first time I went to the theaters and I saw something that made me go, holy shit, like, that kind of changes my perspective on how I feel about movies. And it also happens to be, I don't think it was the first movie I ever paid for, but it had to be in the first three was House of a Thousand Corpses. Because I went and saw that. It was my first midnight screening of a movie, too. And, like, that shit. It was just wild to be there with that crowd of people reacting to everything as you were watching it. Yeah, that had to have been pretty crazy. But Santa Claus and House of a Thousand Corpses have nothing to fucking do with Back to the Future Part 2, which is an action-adventure sci-fi movie. That's uh, rated PG, and it didn't even have a reason why it was rated PG. So I it, had it just said something like, you know, parental advice, or like parent parents are advised because uh, like there's some things not suitable for children or something like that. So I, since I'm the one who had to deal with the move that Chuck referenced earlier, my Blu-rays and movies and shit are all in boxes currently. And I couldn't find an alternative way to watch this outside of purchasing it on Amazon. And it said at the beginning, rated PG, and I think, I know specifically, there were three things listed. One was violence, and one was drug use. I don't remember there being drug use. But that's what it said. And then a third thing I don't remember. Well, in the first movie, the guys guys in the band at the Enchantment Under the Sea Dance are smoking... Uh, what the one kid calls a reefer. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. So then the that's car. then that's probably what it is. Is just because it's a carryover from the first movie because it plays that whole scene is basically yeah, the dance like they're in this. they're there at the same time in the second yeah. movie, which is part of the reason why I picked this movie. Well, this movie it debuted like we said November twenty second, nineteen eighty nine, and it was number one at the box office for seven point two million dollars. Um, in its opening day, I want to say. Uh, I couldn't get information on a top five, but there was a top three. And I'm guessing that's because there wasn't a ton of movies coming out in theaters in 1989. I I don't know, but that's just what I imagine. I don't know if that's true. And so number two was uh, the movie Parenthood. And I couldn't necessarily figure out how to get to what I normally get. So instead I did uh, its t- total domestic gross was $100 million and... It was, uh, and that's like total to this day, but it did have a 73 weeks in theaters. I mean, that's pretty impressive, right? Over a year. That's that's a long time. That was Steve Martin, right? I'm not 100% sure. Pretty sure it was a Steve Martin honest. movie. I think it was. And number three, Batman, which had a t- total domestic gross of uh, $251.1 million. And it was only in theaters for 28 weeks. Another all-time classic right there. So this movie had uh, an estimated budget of $40 million. That seems so low. It's just insane because, like, this movie domestically, you know, um, made $119 million. And then in all foreign lands, $213.5 million. So it made a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Over $300 million uh, estimated worldwide gross. So this movie shattered its budget. Yep. It's just, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, written and directed by Robert Zemeckis and uh, also part of the, uh, I think I wrote that in there in the wrong spot, but I think that's part of the writing <laughs> team, uh, Bob Gale. You had, a, you had a hard time with the sheet this week considering I had to get a revised email as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it happens when you're working <laughs> on things while you're editing other things. It happens. It happens. But we got the star actors were down and that's... uh. You know, Michael J. Fox, he plays three characters in this episode or in this in this uh, movie, Back to the Future Part 2. He plays himself, obviously, Marty McFly, and then he plays his son, Marty McFly Jr. And then he, he plays himself, Marty <laughs> McFly. <laughs> well, except himself from the first movie. I gotcha. And he also plays his daughter, Marlene McFly. Then we have returning Christopher Lloyd as Dr. Emmett Brown fantastic character love this guy great scott leah thompson a lot uh also returning as lorraine uh fantastic great in this movie great in the last movie love her fantastic so fantastic then we have returning as biff uh thomas f wilson he also plays griff he steals the fucking show in this movie. He's yeah, hands he's down. Great. He's the star. He's the star of part two to me. Every time I fucking watch it. And then we have a new actress playing the same character. Elizabeth Shue replaces Claudia Wells as Jennifer Marty's love interest. Yep. I like Elizabeth Shue. And then we have another new actor replacing a star role in Jeffrey Wiseman replacing crispin glover as george mcfly although there was some crispin glover archived uh footage from the first movie used in this movie and yeah the way you see 
George McFly in this one, he's like upside down and old as fuck anyway. So like, yeah. does does it matter if it's Crispin Glover or not? And then also, I decided to just put in add in at the end here. Billy Zane is match because who doesn't love Billy Zane? The first time I ever saw a fucking three hour movie in theaters was Titanic, and Billy Zane was in that. You know that's right. All right, so then we get to the IMDb breakdown, and who else? but the most humblest host of all to do it, right? Me. Of course. Me, Chucky B. Sure, the most humblest. After visiting 2015, Morty McFly must repeat his visit to 1955 and prevent disastrous changes to 1985 without interfering with his first trip. Okay, so that's a new development because you've added the grit that I hate from your announcer voice in to your something Australian voice. I don't hate it, but I feel like we're headed down a dark path. Oh, the darkest of paths in 2021. I don't blame you for that, Lit man. by great movies. And here's the thing, though. That might have been your best accent yet, like closest to Australian, which maybe isn't saying a lot, but... You put the grit on it, and it's almost like it made it easier for you. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't like it. Please don't do it. See how this develops. (laughs) 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 All right, so this movie starts with a brand new Jennifer and a brand new life for Marty McFly before Doc Brown scoops his ass up, and he's like, we need to go to the future. Your kids are fucking stupid. (laughs) And also, we don't need any roads to get where we're going, buddy. The big thing that I noticed, actually, right off the bat, is there is no longer a need for plutonium. No, just fucking bananas and Miller High Life and the Miller High Life can. Yeah, because he switched it to a Mr. Fusion, right? Yup. And then when they get to the future and they park in that alley where they lay Jennifer just, you know, just to lay her unconscious in the alley. Of all the... of all the fucking harebrained parts of this scheme, to just leave her unconscious in an alley is the most harebrained part of it. When, when they could have just left her in the DeLorean? Yes, that's the simplest <laughs> solution. And they went with something so stupid. Oh, all right, that's fine. It's not, I mean, I get it. But the dumpster or whatever that is next to it also said fusion industries or whatever and had kind of like the same logo i think so i was like i wonder if that's gonna somehow play into like where he got this thing no it never does so we never really figure out how he's able to modify the vehicle all we know is that he is able he he has modified the time machine he's obviously been back and forth in time right now we see that briefcase of money that he pulls out at one point he's got shit going back like the 1860s I didn't even see how far up it went. Maybe just as far as 2015, but I'm guessing he's probably gone past 2015 as well. Yeah, and he's and he's at what? At any point along the way, he's gone somewhere where the technology is better and easier, and he just upgraded it like it was nothing, just swapping out a fucking engine in a car. Which is pretty sweet, because then he's just like, oh, well, I, I just got like all this great shit for this vehicle, and I'll just go back to basically like the next day for Marty and just scoop him up. Doc Brown seemed like he was doing a good old thing until he decided to meddle with the fucking time scheme and influence what happens to the McFly fortune and family, which I understand. I don't blame him for wanting to do it, but that's when things get wonky. Yeah, well, I mean, also Marty decides to buy the 
almanac and then just kind of talk brazenly to doc doc outside of the shop and be like oh well i mean you know what can it hurt to get a couple of ducats you know while we're doing all this shit yeah which is funny because in the first movie doc says something about oh i'll be able to know who the next 25 world series champions are and it's like oh yeah maybe he just loves baseball right but at the same time, it's like, why would you need to find out who the previous, like, if you went to the future, why would you need to, like, look up who, like, the last 25 World Series champions is that? Is that so you can make a bet? Like, that's what I would assume, but then maybe that's just because I'm a gambler. The only reason you're grabbing a sports almanac and traveling through time is to fucking gamble with it. No, yeah, I understand that. But, like, just the comment that Doc had said in the first movie, which I know you said you didn't watch this time around, but... He, you know, like, he makes an offhanded comment about, like, gambling on baseball, basically. And that's why I was like, oh, how are you able to, like, flip from that to this and this movie so quick? But I was like, ah, it could have been construed as something else. Maybe I only think of it as gambling because I'm a gambler. No, it's definitely the inference of gambling in the first one, too. But that's just an offhanded comment, not a plan that he had. And it fucking, you know, obviously came to fruition. But that's the thing about these three movies. They set each other up. And interweave with each other so well, they're working on getting you to start thinking about the Wild West, like, before even halfway through the movie. Or maybe about halfway, when Doc's like, yeah, I'd go back to the Wild West, that's my favorite time. And then, as time goes on, it's more and more clear that that's where we're headed until we get the preview. But it's all connected together. Yeah, I love how these movies are connected together, well, to be honest. That's the, that's the genius of them as a fucking trilogy. That's the weird part about watching... Because I did. I made the conscious decision to just watch this as a standalone. I felt confident I'd seen the first one enough that I wasn't going to feel lost. And I've seen this one enough I wasn't going to feel lost. And I knew exactly what was going on. At the end, it made me like... It didn't. I didn't feel like I needed to go back to watch the first one, but I but really wanted, wanted to watch, to watch the, third, the third, one. third one. Oh, I really wanted to watch I haven't done it yet, but I'm, I'm sure that I will. But just because they they do such a good job of setting up for the third one, that even by the time they show me this over-the-top trailer for it, which honestly just basically shows you everything that fucking happens in the movie. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's a great it, trailer, but it, I that makes me just want to go and watch it like right after we're done recording this. So, I like that it's 2015, and I like that they dropped the Cubs winning. I love that it was so close to the reality of, of it happening. Like, that was just... <laughs> so much fun like the fact that it was a possibility in 2015 the cubs could have won was cool enough but the fact that they actually followed through and like did it in 2016 was like okay all right that's close enough for me to be like that's cool as hell yeah that's pretty crazy no miami but whatever no but what there was a miami baseball team well yeah 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 which i think was actually marty's bigger surprise when he was questioning it he was all like oh no he's like i met miami like, that's crazy. They got a baseball team? When did that happen? I think, for real, I think, what was it, like, 92? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I think it was during the 90s. I think it was the same time that, like, the Blue Jays and shit came in, which I think was 90, 91, 92. Which is bad. really only a couple years after for Marty, right? 85, where he's coming from, so seven at most years. Yeah, that's not too far away. But, yeah, I thought it was uh kind of funny how... 2015 was written in to be so futuristic with all the flying cars and hoverboards and self-drying clothes and all that i thought i thought it was cool but it was a little over the top well that's part of the fucking charm of it like that was just 
this is very much is as much as it's enjoyable for adults it's a kids movie and that's definitely a child's fantasy of the future the flying cars the hoverboard the self-drying clothes all the things you just said like because it's not practical to think about being like flying cars would be a fucking nightmare. We can't handle driving shit on the ground. Now we're going <laughs> to put a bunch of people in the fucking air. Like it's just an impractical thing to do. Self-drying clothes. I don't know. Pretty fucking stupid. Like I would, <laughs> I have no use for that. Like I don't need my clothes to be more complicated. The, the shoes are maybe the coolest thing if they looked cooler, like the way that they tighten up once your feet were yeah. in there. But um, hoverboards, I don't use skateboards. Why would I use something that's going to be harder? So for yeah. me, that particular shit, but either way, like, I think that's part of the charm of it, though. It's not like a dark and gritty Blade Runner sort of future. It's just, this, well, until Biff takes over, and then that's a different... Yeah, then it becomes that, kind <laughs> it's of. It's a different story, then. Uh, I do love how uh, Grandpa Biff says to Marty, uh, say hello to your grandma for me. Yeah. Because that as, was hilarious. As always, a total fucking sleazeball. And, and an the the callback to the first first ever the first movie where he says in the beginning of the movie where he sees Marty at the house after he crashes the car he says uh say hello to your mom for me and he leaves with a, a beer a light beer well he ends up marrying her in oh, alternate yeah, yeah, 1985 yeah. here uh, yeah in the alternate were... timeline after he murders uh George Yep, kills him with the same gun he wants to kill Marty with, but that doesn't end up happening. But yeah, he murders George, ends up marrying Lorraine years later. Not not a good marriage. But that's before, or that's after the the Marty. Marty was portraying Marty Jr. in a little battle versus the goons. And Griff, who was Biff's, what, grandson? Yeah. And... So that changes the whole uh, storyline for the McFlys in the future so they can go back to 1985. But that's when fucking Grandpa Biff steals the fucking DeLorean, goes back to 1955, gives the book to fucking Biff, comes back, drops off the DeLorean, and then fucking... Marty and Doc jump in the DeLorean and go to fucking 1985. Once again, drop off um, Jennifer just in a... And the dog. In and a swing. In a swing. Just like, oh, yeah, we'll just leave her on this front porch. She'll be fine. And Doc's like, yo, check it. If this works out the way that we think that it should, which obviously it has so far in every way, so we should bank on that. When we fix this, when she wakes up, everything will just be normal around her again. So not a problem. Let's just leave her on a swing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, because like Marty's all like, oh, yeah, man, I don't remember these windows having bars on them. <laughs> no, then he tries to go into his old room, and there's another family living there, and the dad yeah. comes in and destroys the room trying to beat him with a bat. Like... They're obviously not where they came from. And uh, just in case you're thinking that we forgot about it, no, we just kind of skipped past that part where we saw uh, Michael J. Fox play his daughter, Marlene McFly. Here's the thing about a movie like this, and probably like a lot of the movies we're going to pick this year. We don't need to go over every fucking detail of what happens in it, because I'd say we can imagine most listeners have watched it. And if you haven't watched it, 
you should go watch it. I don't want to give you every last fucking detail. Go watch this fucking movie. Um, so yeah, we're going to skip over some shit probably. We're going to hit the shit that matters. And maybe some shit that doesn't. I don't know, man. But, because we skipped the whole hoverboard over the fucking, the pond in front of the clock tower scene yeah, too, Yeah, that's you when know? I went back, that's when I went back and I said, uh, Marty was playing Marty Jr. versus Griffin but we the didn't, Goons. Right, but we didn't cover all the details of that. No, nah, nah. we all We all know the hoverboard fucking it's, scene. It's the, it's like the same sort of scene as it was in the first one. That's the beauty of this movie, is it mirrors a lot of the same scenes from the first one not only mirrors but also then straight up incorporates them into oh yeah these scenes like it's so fucking wild how they fold it over itself but in such a simple way like it's not confusing even though it feels like it could be yeah the way we're explaining it is probably way more confusing than actually just watching the movie hell yeah it is i'll guarantee you because i'm not fucking robert zemeckis or bob gale and i can't know nah, man this kind of shit i'm chucky b so I what can I wear like scarves. You can, yes. We already covered that you can, but I think <laughs> I think we covered that off show. I no, I know, and I wasn't gonna make any light of that at all. I was just gonna move <laughs> on. What I do want to point out though is that Biff Tannen is running Biff Tannen's Pleasure Paradise. Yeah, and yeah. within within that pleasure paradise I see a sign for the Pleasure Palace. So what other kind of pleasure is is going on up in there? Penis pleasure. Oh, well, probably. Yes. From pedestrians. Yes. Pussy, pussy, pussy pleasure? Yes. From pedestrians. From pedestrians. Yep. How does that work? I don't know. It just does. It's a P word. I'd also like to point out, because <laughs> there's a whole situation that goes on here, basically, where Biff hates fucking Marty because he's marty but he also hates lorraine basically and he beats her and he she's drunk all the time and he's abusing her emotionally physically all this shit he's not a good guy marty needs to get the almanac from him so he just straight up goes into biff's office well he says something to him about the almanac beforehand and biff calls him into his office and he's like you know, tell me everything about this almanac, where you got it, but so he can figure out where to go back in time. Yeah, because otherwise he's shit. just kind of shooting in the dark of when to go back in time. Yeah, they need to get some kind of detail. So he just straight up goes in. He's like, I know about this thing, so tell me about it. So he does. Biff tells him all about it, pulls it out, and shows it to him, and all this. But it's only because Biff knew it was coming, because old Biff was like if some young kid or some crazy ass dude claiming to be a doctor comes and says something about this and here's a dude i laughed at that so hard i was like you just used his time machine yeah i know right like he was able to invent a time machine you can't even fucking give him credit for being well, a doctor he's like i'm no, sorry no, man he's no, no, he's no. an illegitimate doctor no i'm sorry i misquoted him and it's even worse than that he says claims to be a scientist <laughs> like he may not be a doctor maybe he doesn't have a doctorate he's got the knowledge i'm sure of some kind of doctor but he says he claims to be a scientist how do you well, create a time machine without being a fucking scientist yeah and you're using it right now so you know it works that's crazy i mean he did find the idea by falling off of his like stool looking in his mirror or something like trying to set a clock i remember they talked about it a couple different times in this movie and the first one so that bonked his head yeah 
So then Marty ends up running up to the roof, and that's when Biff's going to shoot him with a gun that he killed George with. But then he jumps on top of the DeLorean, gets the fuck out of there, and goes back to 1955. Yeah, he's like, Doc, you're never going to guess where we got to go. And Doc's all like, where do we got to go? And he's like, 1955. He's like, oh, I would have never guessed 1955. (laughs) (laughs) It was fantastic. And so what comes up is one of my favorite scenes. I'm sorry. My mind is blanking on the order right now of when Marty talks to the guy from the post office with the letter. Oh, so that's that's like at the end of all of this. This is because Doc still talks to Doc before that, right? So, so right when they get back into 1955, Marty has to trail Biff, right? That's right. That's right. So he trails Biff into town, and Biff sees Lorraine, and so this is a little backstory we see on Lorraine and Biff leading up to their encounter at the dance tonight where Biff is kind of, like, trying to sexually assault her. I mean, you could probably leave the kind of out of there. So so Biff, like, strolls up on her, and he's all, like, you know, at first kind of, like, talking to her, but it becomes aggressive very quickly. And then it ends with him shouting, yelling in public down the street as Lorraine is running away with her friend you'll be my wife you'll be my wife yeah it's not weird at all how is that acceptable behavior that's how people used to get engaged back in 1955 like i'm good like well she won't be your wife if she doesn't agree to it oh no she will be my wife that aggressiveness, that overt masculinity, that's the point. Look at when she falls in love with George, when he fucking knocks Biff the fuck out. She's like, hell yeah, that's my manly man. Well, George she does tell fly. Marty that like that's what she finds attractive too. But like, right. then why doesn't she find Biff attractive? Because he's also a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. Make like, like a tree and get out of here. Like a special kind of idiot. <laughs> Not just a dumb-dumb, but like a full-on moron. Yeah, he's got rage issues, too. Yeah, he's a special case. Obviously, you see what happens when he comes into power as the richest man in America. It's bad, and it's perverse. Yeah, I just, I I wrote that specifically down where I was just like, this is weird, and it doesn't seem like anybody in town that is that, because there are a lot of witnesses to this, and no one seems to be like, hey, settle down there, kid, or like, you shouldn't talk like that to women. Bro, I can't comment on 1955 because I didn't live then, but I'd imagine that not many people would, in most places, say anything about that. But I could be way wrong about that. It might just be my biases of 1955 from all the stories I've heard about it. But did you notice in town was the elite barbershop? I did not notice that. Oh, yeah. That's nice. It was nice. All right, so then Marty has to... uh, Marty gets locked in Biff's garage. He has to wait for Biff to come out and go to the dance, right? So he's going to the dance. He has to get the almanac from from Biff at the dance, and he thinks he gets it, but he gets the Ooh La La magazine instead. So yeah, and fucking... that's Ooh La Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Great that's correct. Joke. It's a great joke. Yep, good job. You're so humble. You had to point out your joke was good 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be humble if I didn't do that. You're right. You would not be humble. You'd be something else entirely. What would it be? Conceited? No, no, that doesn't that doesn't uh, explain or uh, define me to a T. Nope. Couldn't only, be. only humble and gracious, and quite frankly, beautiful. <laughs> oh, we're gonna add that into the mix now, huh? Good thing this I mean, isn't. It's always been there. It's a good Just thing this is an audio format. Otherwise, people might go blind from your beauty. <laughs> it's been known to happen. It hasn't, though. <laughs> All right. So he, after he got the Ooh La La magazine, he quickly gets the almanac after George knocks him the fuck out. And this other guy's all like, I think he got his wallet. Did he get his wallet? I think I, he got his wallet. No, I'm pretty I, sure he stole Biff's wallet. Hey, Biff, he stole your wallet. I didn't write down very much about this movie because I didn't feel like I needed to. But I specifically wrote down that he said I think he took his wallet four times. <laughs> it was two times on two separate occasions. It was. Yeah. I was dying. I was <laughs> laughing so hard at that. Um, but before all that, though, speaking of like favorite scenes, because that partic- like those two particular scenes with that guy stuck out to me as being really funny. But one that happened before that really got me thinking was when Marty meets the guy from the post office in the rain out by the fucking like beginning construction of Lion Estates, and dude was like, or like a sign for it or whatever. That's still not. not that hasn't happened yet. No, that's after all of this. That's after the dance. Yeah. God damn it, man. So Marty gets the the um almanac, you know. Yeah. And then he has he's gonna meet fucking Doc on the roof and get the fuck out of there. But they like that's where like we talked about how they overlap like the first movie and this right. movie where he's like, Oh shit, dude, like his goons are looking for me, Doc. And they spot me, but it's not the me, me. It's, like, the other me. Yeah, they're pissed at me in the leather jacket, but they're going to go fight the dude up on stage. And so Doc's like, we got to fucking take care of him. You got to kill him. I don't care how. But nobody can see you. You got to be stealth as fuck. Solid snake stealth. So, yeah, he fucking sneaks up from behind him and slits all three of their throats with razors. But in actuality, he drops some bags on their head, like uh, like an old like uh, uh, what do you call it? Like coyote, fucking cartoon. Wily coyote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Looney Tunes in general. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and like yeah, it was like the bags used to like hold up or down like um curtains, curtains on the stage for the most part, and he just drops it on their heads twice. Isn't seen by anyone. No problem. Yeah, it's pretty great. Gets the fuck out of there, but then doesn't get the fuck out of there. No, he gets the fuck out of there, but then he runs into Biff. And then as uh, Kim and Biff are about to fight or something, fucking the other Marty walks through the door, slamming it into a second Marty's face. And he falls over and his fucking leather jacket pops open and fucking Biff's like, And you're a thief. You took my fucking sports almanac, bitch. And so he grabs it and he fucking gets out of there. Punches him in the face first, though. And yeah, and he fucking put his nuts on his face. Yeah, he teabagged him right there outside <laughs> the school dance. And fucking Marty's like, God damn it. And he tells 
uh, Doc, he's like, dude, he teabagged me, and he got the fucking almanac, and he's gone forever, and we're never going to find him. This fucking alternate 80, 1985 is just going to be there forever, and we're fucked. And Doc's like, don't worry, bitch. We're going to get him. And so they get him, and that's, like, kind of it, but not. So, like, they get him, and then Marty is getting chased down that tunnel, and you think oh, he's yeah. going to get run over. That's the hoverboard... Perfect. The hoverboard comes back into play because he smuggled that along with him from the future. Yeah, Doc too. had no problem with him bringing a hoverboard from 2015 to 1980 for 1955. Nope. He stashed that right in the beginning and Doc didn't say a word about it. Like, obviously, that's not a big deal. Doc couldn't see how he could make money off of that, but it's not like he used it to make money, but he did use it to escape the situation he was in in that fucking tunnel when Biff was legit going to run him over. But instead, crashes into a second truck of manure once again. screaming i hate manure so he hates it so much but i mean who loves mouth. manure who likes it farmers who use it for their land and yeah. uses it as fertilizer might love it to some degree especially if the crops they yield are their source of food and or income yeah i get you there i get you there but i mean like other than that nobody inherently loves manure or i guess salesmen oh, of manure. some people might inherently love manure for very weird reasons well, I'm saying normal people. It's not a thing. Yeah, I'm normal. No, you're not. Well, I'm too humble to be normal, I guess. No, that's... <laughs> let's... All right, let's move past it. The manure is in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely shit in his mouth, right? <laughs> and uh, so that's when they're at, like, that time, pretty much what you're talking about, where the one I've Doc's been fucking... In the sky, in the DeLorean, (laughs) and Marty's like, Doc, you better get down. And instead of just landing, he's like, yeah, I got to, like, I got to go around and pull down. He's like, do it safely, right, because of the storm. And he's like, dude, if you get struck by lightning, like, you know what's fucking happened. He's like, no, no, man, I'm not going to get struck. I'm not going to get struck. And then, bam, struck by lightning, disappears. So here's the thing, and I don't know, maybe this is or isn't true, but I think there's a part of Doc maybe subconsciously that wanted that to happen because it's even pointed out earlier when the the meter is on the fritz that shows the date like it clicks back to the 1800s or whatever and he slams like oh i gotta fix that like that's why i've been broken for a while and he's known it like he's not actively trying to get stuck in the 1800s but also he's not really trying to stop his machine from taking there if it wants to because look what happens when he goes there, too. Like, Doc gets as happy as he could ever hope to be. And that's what he's looking for. Yeah, I, I agree. With this I don't know here. if he knows he's looking for it. That's the other part of it, too, though. Like, this is assuming a whole lot of things underneath Doc Brown's psyche that I don't know anything about until we get to the third one and you see how much falling in love with Mary Steenburgen means to him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really want to watch that third movie now. Yeah, that's getting way ahead of ourselves. But, okay, so we're there. Boom, zap, gone, whatever. Marty's like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck do I do now? Holy shit. <laughs> and that's when the when the letter guy comes. So he comes up. That you've up. been so anxious to talk about. No, we're going to get to him in a second. We'll break down what he does. He comes up with this letter, right? And Marty's like, oh, fuck. Okay, let me read this letter. And Doc's basically like, yo, I'm in 1800s. What else does the letter say? I'm kicking in the wickety, wickety, wild, wild west with Will Smith. Chicka, yeah. chicka, yeah. There's mechanical spiders. Yeah. They're fighting them every day. Evil doctors. But he's not one of those. And he's fighting Mad Dog Tannen. 
Yeah, he's definitely fighting Mad Dog Tannen. So, all right, so here's the about the letter guy, because he says to Marty, he's like, yo, we had this bet at the office or whatever. Like, is this shit real or is this shit fucked up? Like, what's going on here? And, like, he sees Marty read the letter, and he doesn't really get an answer from Marty. But what I want to know is, because this guy had to have seen some shit going on as he was driving up, too. You know what I mean? Like, the big flash or whatever. Maybe not. Maybe he was too far away. But, like, what does he think about this after he goes home? What does he tell the boys when he's, like, Especially considering what? Like, he says that the letter's been there for 70 years, 70 right? 70 years. 70 years. That's insane, right? 70 years? And it's him. And, like, I just, like, does he end up going down this weird 1950s conspiracy rabbit hole? Like, well, especially considering what like, the fuck just happened. He's like, "Are you Marty McFly?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm Marty McFly." And he's like, "I got something for you." And Marty's like, "Oh shit, he's gonna kill me!" And then he pulls out this letter, right? And he's like, he reads it, and he's like, "It's the doc. He's alive." And it's like, "What? What? <laughs> what are you talking this is, about?" This this letter is seventy years old. How do you know immediately who it's from and that he's alive? And How is he it's alive? somebody that you know. How is that possible? Well, because, like, isn't that something that you can put together just being that guy? Yeah, you'd have to if you thought about it for half a second. But that's that kind of surreal, wild shit that maybe your brain is just like, I don't even want to try and comprehend this. I'm just going to forget this. Or it's going to destroy that man. Or he's going to blossom and figure out time travel. I don't think he will. Oh, he will. But I'd like to see like a short story about that guy and like the couple of weeks after that encounter and what happened to him. I think one of the two outcomes is the most likely where his psyche just goes, you can't handle this and it it makes him forget it. Or it's like, you can't handle this and he just breaks the fuck down. The first one is the way more likely. Probably. Human brains, human brains cope with shit like all the time just fucking Built to forget about it forget about it man don't worry about it. repress that shit let it fester underneath and like fuck you up in other ways but like don't it's worry like about maybe it you'll now. remember that i remember that on your deathbed or if you go to some therapy it might come up yeah. and you might have to deal with it but for now let it fester and boil and so then yeah then we get the trailer from three and we're ready to go yeah pretty much so i mean like this one like because he well no because like he goes marty goes and he finds yeah doc from 1955 and he's all like he's like hey what up but he's like dude i just sent you back to 19 like i just sent you back to the future and he's like yeah you're right i'm back from the future again and you gotta help me bro yeah now you gotta send me to the past because that's where you from the future is well actually he's just probably there to help marty uh fix the vehicle up that doc hid until they could excavate it in 1955 to boost it to uh get him back to 1985 but then marty goes nah i'm not going back to 1985 i'm going back to this year to help doc right exactly that's only because he finds that doc's gonna get killed like a week later from mad dog tannin from a sum of like 50 dollars or something like that $50, $90, $75. It's something, I believe, under $100. Yeah, but it's in the 1860s or whatever, 1880s. I'm just saying. And that's why Marty's like, what the fuck, dude? That's a lot of money back then. That's an insane amount of money. Oh, I know. But I'm just saying, like, Marty, 
is comprehending it like I'm comprehending where he's like he's like literally you're killing a man for less than a hundred dollars nah. like, let's go and save you you gotta have a fucking brain that works with inflation man you gotta be able to go oh 1880s fuck it that's gotta be real real expensive it's um I can't inflate still. <laughs> I can't give you exact figures but you gotta know if it's well over a hundred years ago, that's inflated a lot. All right, so we pretty much covered this movie from front to back about as much as we're going to cover it, plus a little bit of the third movie. Well, I mean, why not? They gave us, like I said, the trailer they give you, if you've seen the third one, is basically like, okay, here's what happens in the third one. No, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. I don't know how much I love it. Oh, I really love the third one. But, so, no, that's I mean, not what I guess... I'm talking about. I'm talking about I don't love how much of the third one they show in this trailer in the second one. Oh yeah, I mean they don't show all they they don't show actually quite a bit of what happens. They show a lot of major points. But I guess that brings us to now where we're at the point where we're gonna rate uh, Back to the Future two on a scale of one to fifty Randy Quaid's, and obviously one's the worst, and fifty is the greatest, and two to forty nine, literally anything in between. Yep. IMDb rates Back to the Future Part 2, 39 out of 50 Randy Quaid's. All right, I'll jump in. I'll go first here. If I was rating the trilogy, it's an easy 50, without a question, because they all work together so well and tell a really beautiful story. And I don't think ever in my life I've watched any of these singularly Outside of maybe the first one, for whatever reason, I could imagine that happened once or twice. But never just the second or the third alone. Why would I ever do that? But for this I did. I was like, okay, I'll just watch the movie we're talking about. And I'll know what's going on. And I did. But it felt like a lesser experience because of that. So I'm going to give this a 48. I'll take away one point for each movie that was lacking from giving me the complete story that I wanted. And that's... No fault of the movie. It, like like I said, as a trilogy, it's a 50. But this movie, it's harder for it to stand on its own than the first one. You can watch it. If we watched the first part, I might give that a 50. Because it could stand alone without anything else. And you could be satisfied. But this one, if you haven't seen either the first or you're not going to see the third, there's a lot you're missing. Which doesn't affect me here, but maybe if you haven't seen it, like I could see why that wouldn't be a perfect movie. If for whatever reason you decided to start here. So I think this one, I don't know, I'd have to watch the third now and see where that would fall, watching it without any context of the other ones. But I gotta wait a little while, until I haven't seen the second one just the day before, you know. But it's still a fucking great movie, and a nearly perfect movie, a feel-good movie. Uh, like I said earlier, something that could make you feel dumb because it's complicated dealing with time travel, but they write it so simply that it's really easy to follow what they're doing. Biff Tannen steals the show here. This is his movie. Seconded by Doc, but Christopher Lloyd is always almost the star of the show, because especially in this character, because he's the fucking standout in the third one. Yeah, he's great. He's just so good, but specifically, I got to give this to fucking Biff Tannen and to Thomas F. Wilson and his masterful work. Uh, and yeah, I just, playing multiple different Biffs. Like four different Biffs. And a Griff. Three Biffs and a Griff. It's <laughs> good. It's good. Um, so yeah, fucking great movie, 48 for Back to the Future Part 2. I'll hand it over to the host. 
All right. So, um, if you do not know, Back to the Future is my favorite movie, uh, movie trilogy. I prefer to think that this is just one long movie, and this is just the second part of it, obviously. It's part two. And I did watch the first part today and the second part today because I started early, but not early enough to watch all three of them before we did the podcast. But the first one is so amazing, and this one is literally almost to tear with it as good and just and then it it like almost then outdoes itself by how many time jumps that it does and you're watching it you're just i don't know how it can be better than the first part and it, it it like if it's not better it's equal i feel like with part one back to the future part one it's so well done and the if if I was going to say there's anything I don't like about this movie as a standalone movie, it would be that I think the ending is a little weak because there's not a lot of finalization. Without going directly into part three, you're kind of left with this real abrupt, boom, here's this big adventure that needs to happen, but we're just not going to show you any of it except for this real quick trailer that shows a lot of big stuff that you won't understand the context of because you've never seen it before. Boom, you'll see this in seven months when we put it out yeah. in theaters. Which, at the time, and never having seen it, that's a brilliant end. Like, as again, viewing it from the side of someone who's never seen it, that's a great ending, actually. Yeah, I guess it could be. Well, it's a frustrating ending, but they still do that shit to this day in Chapter 1 yeah. and Chapter 2. Yeah, I don't know. I just... Uh, that, that would be my biggest complaint with it if... If, in fact, I had to find a complaint with it. But, quite honestly, I really can't find a complaint with it. Uh, everything that I think, like, that we were able to make fun of and whatnot is legitimately there are things that you're kind of like, well, I don't really understand why they did this. Or that's pretty ridiculous, but whatevs. Or, like, oh, that's just calling to the time and how different things were. But, overall, uh, this movie's a 50 for me. 50 out of 50. Is a great movie. Obviously, I give the first one a 50 out of 50. I'm pretty sure I give the third one a 50 out of 50 because of the context of it being Back to the Future Part 3. Now, if I was just going to say it's a standalone movie, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again and really uh, delve into that side. But Back to the Future Part 2, 50 out of motherfucking 50. Since we're probably not going to be doing a Back to the Future 3, I'm just going to make this point real quick until maybe it comes up at some other point in the future. What's nice about it is it plays off of what you just said about the second one. It's doing all these time jumps on top of time jumps and like, oh God, are they doing too much? When you get to the third one, that stops and you're rooted in Old West looking for a way to get the fuck out of there now. You know, that's the whole point. And convince Doc well, that, to right, leave. It's, just, it's more complex than that, but the point, like, you can't get Doc to leave until you get the fucking thing up and running, too, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, it doesn't... You know what I'm no, saying. No, it's a great movie. You're stuck there, so it's a complete different from this one, where you're jumping all over the place. And it is the final chapter. Right. So, you see the finalization of Back to the Future, the trilogy. And you don't have to worry if they'll ever make a fourth one again. Because they shouldn't, and they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, I think we can both agree that you can catch all our new episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And, of course, 50randyquades.com. Of course. Uh, but next time on 50 Randy Quades, episode 120. Hook. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, in case you didn't understand, uh, he said hook. Yeah, yeah. I said it very, very, uh, I was going to say legibly, but that makes no sense. Audibly? Hook. Yeah, that's... Not that's, to be confused with the name of Taz's son. That's my pick. Not Taz's son, the movie... Uh, the Steven Spielberg vehicle. So there is a connection between these movies too, because uh, Spielberg this one was, was the executive producer. Yep, he produced this one and he directs the next one, and it is an all-time classic, in my opinion, which is why I chose it. That's the whole point here. Will yeah, I give I it? Will I give it a fifty? I don't know if I'll give it a fifty. This viewing will tell, but I'd imagine, as with a lot of these movies we're going to be picking, I don't think it's going to go lower than a forty-eight. Yeah, like without watching this movie, I could say it's gonna get high forties. It's <laughs> just how it is. I've watched it as an adult. I've watched this movie many times. I know I still like it, so I know. I know I've seen high. this movie more than twenty five times. Okay, that's a lot of fucking times to see any movie, dog. I've seen a lot. I've seen Lego Movie more than probably thirty times. That's wow. I've seen it, I've seen that movie zero times. Oh, you are missing out. You said the same thing about National Treasure for years. Well, I'm telling you, you one wrong. thing: you're probably going to see Lego Movie this year. How? That's fine. It's not like I've been against seeing it. I just haven't cared so enough good. to watch it. Like, so good. you know what I mean? So good. I'm fine. I'll find out. I guess I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna make you watch something really weird. I can't wait to do that. Something that I'll give a high a high 40s, but you'll give a 12. Well, until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace, Peace out. out.